Welcome to The Landing, the podcast that goes into the brush with foresters, contract loggers, and operators of the Pacific Northwest timber industry. Welcome back to The Landing, everyone. I'm your host, Jason Davenport. And I got a frog in my throat. But anyways, today's guest is Mr. Justin Everhart from Jim Forestry over in Bonners Ferry. How's it going, Justin? It's going good. How are you, Jason? Uh, you know, it's one of those Mondays, but <laughs> I really can't complain too much, you know? There you go. So, I uh, appreciate you coming on tonight. I kind of want to, uh, I wanted to touch on, like, your history, I guess, to start out with, like, how you got into the industry and what got you interested in it? Oh man, just like everybody else. Oh, great grandpa did it. Grandpa did it. Dad did it. I'm doing it. And just like me, my son's got no choice and he's going to be doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, my, let's see, my great grandpa started Everhart logging. God, I don't even know. Way back when, and my granddad and my grandma, they bought <clears throat> Everhart Logging in 1969, and then, you know, my, my dad kind of took over, and from there, I, I branched out, and, well, a few years before my dad took over, I branched out and just, you know, always wanted to do my own thing, and went in with more balls and brains, and... <laughs> I'll work myself into the ground and make sure we we're going to (laughs) succeed. So how long have you had your outfit running then? Oh, I'm going on my third year now. You're doing pretty good, man, for being out at three years. And it looks like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Um, you know, a lot of it just comes back to good health. That's, you know, the, the biggest thing, you know, anybody can, they can go out and buy a piece of equipment. That's great. But you got to fill, fill that seat and not only fill that seat, but, fill that seat with somebody that's going to, you know, take care of it, make money every single day and, you know, have a, have a good old time. So what's the, uh, I guess the labor market like over there? Cause over here, it seems like everyone's looking for help. Um, yeah. It's same, same, same thing over there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, Oh, I don't know how to put this out. Someone too shitty, but man, it, it, it comes back to parenting in my, in my opinion. You know, everybody, you know, everybody's got so, I don't know how to say it. Everybody became such pussies, I guess. Even, I mean, it, it, nobody wants their kids to go out into the woods because, you know, they hear stories of what their dad and their granddad said. You know, it's not, it's not quite like that anymore. You know, we're, we're out here, you know, everybody's main concern is safety. It's not like, you know, the 70s where, yeah, a guy died, but, you know, there's three guys to fill his place and, you know, oh shit, we, let's do better. They ain't like that anymore. I mean, we we have, we have quite a few more laws than they did back in the day. Right. Well, so everybody's just, you know, kind of scared, I guess, of sending their kids in the wrong direction. But, man, it's a, it's a good career, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And it's, it's nice to get your perspective, too, because how old are you anyways? Maturity says a lot different. <laughs> I kind of cut out a little bit there, Justin. So, uh, I missed most of your reply there. So, we'll oh, just... I said I'm, I'm only 29. Just body don't quite feel 29, so it's <laughs> a little older. <laughs> Copy that. No, that's that's um, that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I think you're a pretty cool, dude. But also, you're a younger guy running a company, and you guys just fired up a second side, didn't you? Uh, kind of, yeah, we're just getting into the, you know, the tethering side, um, it's going to be a, be a bit of a game changer and I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I, that's, I, I mean, I've moved my company to literally a different town because where I come from, you know, nobody wants to, wants to do anything new. Everybody's, you know, logs like it's 1975 and they're happy and that's fine. I just, I always want to do more. I want to do better. And, you know, where I, where I'm at now, man, it's starting to be the, the new thing is the tethering. And I want to be, I, I want, I want to try it. I mean, I got to try. Yeah. Cause you just got that 855 with the felling head on it, right? 
Yep. Yeah, yeah I got that in like December. Is that what you're planning on tethering with? Yep, that, and then I just bought a hitch for my 830, and we're going to tether that too. Dude, those 830s are an absolute weapon on the line. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, I've heard they're, I mean, they're pretty impressive without the string on them, so I'm excited to see what it'll do. Yeah, I was really impressed when I was over there last summer, dude. That ground is steep, and it is bruh-huh-huh-sheep. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little different animal over here in Idaho than it is on your guys' side of the world. It's, uh, yeah, it's steep, it's rocky, it's flashy. It's, I mean, it's anything you can think of that a guy would fight in the woods, we got it. Yeah. Hell, it even, we even got liberals. I mean, we got it all. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot more people are starting to move over there. Oh man, I don't know how how long you want to do this podcast, but um, we could we could have a serious discussion on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I was um, <clears throat> I was pretty impressed when I was over there last summer at, at like how brushy the ground was and how steep that was. What you guys were working on that eight thirty just went right up it like it was no big deal. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I mean, I I'm a. I'm a, I'm a hardcore believer in, in Tiger Cat. I mean, I, I, I'm positive those guys are just trying to prove that the earth isn't flat. I mean, they're, and they're, they're proving it. Yeah. I think, um, they're kind of leading the charge with the timber equipment right now. There's not really anyone that's keeping up with them. Absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, with Tiger Cat, they, they care, you know, they want to hear your issues. They want to hear your problems. You know, they don't want the next guy to have those problems and, you know, everything just keeps getting better and, you know, some of it's getting better, but not, you know, I don't think it's getting as better as what they're saying. The price tag is getting better, but you know, whatever. That's, (laughs) that's, uh, that's, that's the Joe Biden way, I guess. Hey, it's, uh, it's starting to hurt around here, man. It's getting crazy. I'm sure it is there too. Yeah. It's well, I'm, I'm lucky to be where I'm from. I mean, nobody cares around here. Like, you know, we're out of food. We'll go shoot something. We'll cook it. We'll eat it. I mean, it's everybody's worried about, you know, the food shortage. Everybody's worried about ass wipes. I could care. I mean, if half the time I don't even have ass wipe where I'm at, (laughs) I mean, God forbid, if I have to, I'll waffle stomp it down the shower and go on my way. Yeah, just be done with it. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> the last thing I really care about. Right. So, I mean, I would, would really love to see some more diesel in the country, but <laughs> that's that's another issue. Yeah, it's kind of out of our hands, too. Yeah, absolutely. But you're a younger guy running a kind of a young company. And uh, last summer when I was out there, most of your crew is all younger guys too. I kind of wanted to dive into that because, um, you know, that's basically moving forward. It's going to be our labor force is a lot of younger guys. A lot of these guys with the experience are starting to retire or right. just get out of it, you know, because their bodies are so broke down. What's yep. um, What's been your kind of like key to success to running, you know, a younger crew? That I'm sure well, it helps that you're a younger guy. That, that, yeah, I mean, that, that helps too. I mean, yeah, I just, I've got really, really fortunate with, you know, I got a really low turnover rate. Um, I've been really fortunate of who I've got. Um, you know, just, I just find guys that, you know, like, you know, we got a really high morale that, that to me probably makes more money than anything. I mean, if the guys are happy, you know, they're happy to show up every single day. They're happy to be there. They're happy, you know, 10 to 14 to 15 hours a day. That's, I mean, that's huge. I mean, if you're not having a good time and you're going to work, I mean, it's just going to be worse for the next guy and you're going to start taking out the next guy. You know, before long, you got guys hating, you know, being there. So the big thing to me is just morale. You know, I, we just, we have a good time, you know, we're always bullshitting over the radio or, you know, cracking jokes and giving each other shit. It to me, it's just, you know, you, you gotta have that. If you got, you know, a bunch of grumpy old guys setting their ways doing their, doing the same thing they have for 25 years, you know, that's great. I mean, they're going to spin circles and they're going to make logs. Absolutely. There's, I mean, they're the ones that started this and you know, their way works. Absolutely. 
we just do it kind of the same way with a little bit of a twist and a little more fun to it. So you run a pretty current fleet of iron. Do you think that like helps with, you know, keeping morale up with guys aren't chasing breakdowns all the time and wrenching on stuff 24 seven? Absolutely. Um, to me, a payment is cheaper than downtime. I mean, every single day of the year, um, you know, we just, we try to keep our stuff updated and try to keep the guys happy that way. I mean, a lot of, you know, all the basic stuff. Yeah, we do. But you know, a lot of the bigger stuff, we just call triad. Triad does it. It's done. It's over. It's done. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's just that peace of mind and, you know, our guys are happy. So you're running that, you still running that, uh, 3740 with the South star on it. Uh, yep. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Mark, Mark is still cruising through logs of that every day. I like to ask this question cause you get a lot of different answers from a lot of different people. Um, what went into your decision to run that South star as opposed to like a war tower or log max? Uh, right. Copy. <laughs> um, no, I, I got really fortunate with that. Um, my salesman there at triad just had that thing come in. I didn't know much about South stars. I knew they were a lot like a war toss. I mean, I spent a lot of years on a war toss. So that was, you know, that was what I knew. Um, but man, after, after running that thing, I, it'd be tough for me to switch. I mean, I, the guys at war are absolutely phenomenal. Those, those guys have taken care of us for a lot of, a lot of years. Um, but man, that, that South star, I mean, it's, it's cutting good length. It's fast, it's efficient. And, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I have had, oh, knock on wood. I don't even want to say it, but I've had very, very little issue with that thing. And their, their service has been, you know, a lot of over the phone and, you know, it's able to get solved. It's, it's been, it's been really good to my company. Yeah, it looked like it was cutting really good logs when I was there last time, and some of that yeah. stuff's pretty wolfy. There's a lot of limbs on that stuff. <laughs> yeah, some of that hemlock up there was was not uh, not ideal timber, that's for sure. It's not processing head friendly. No, but when you're trying to make something out of a ski run, that's you know that's what you get. <laughs> yeah. So I seen you guys were out of town a couple of weeks ago. Where mostly do you work at? So I actually made the switch. I'm down in Deary, Idaho now is where I'm based out of. Um, cool. I'm working for Potlatch Delta down there. That has been an absolute, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd come back up here and log with how corrupt things have got up north with, uh, I'm not saying names, but with, you know, a mill that's kind of definitely monopolized the entire northern part of Idaho but yeah when I moved down there I mean Paula took me in at at first I thought I was going down there just to do a a sale for him and I was getting to the end of the sale and the forester said well have you looked at the next strip and I said I didn't know there was one I I wasn't I didn't know that and they brought me in the office and I was yeah like they said I went down there in July I was supposed to be gone by September and that was last year so still that's going and I just, man, it's been absolutely phenomenal for them. Um, their foresters are phenomenal. <clears throat> you know, they're, they actually, you know, you feel like you're not a number. You feel like, you know, you're actually part of something and, you know, they, they need you there as much as you need them, which where I come from, that, that doesn't happen. You're, you're a number and when your time's up, your number's gone. It's a very millennial thing to say as a, Everyone would say he's old. No okay, offense to anyone that's old that's listening, but man. <laughs> right. I hear that all the time, man. Like, well, these millennials, this. I'm like, man, it's not even millennials. They're 18 year olds anymore. Like, no, <laughs> right. We got, you know, our hands hurt at the end of the day. I got bad knees. Like, I'm right there with you, guy, you know? Exactly. I mean, like, right knee's bad. My left knee's bad. My weenie's bad. I mean, that's. <laughs> Screwed all the way around. Yeah, dude, that's not good. But no. So, how do you find your guys? Is that because you 
you said earlier that you got to find the right guys and it really helps. So I guess this is the uh, million dollar question um, for this podcast, at least is how do you, how do you pick the right guys to work on your crew? Well, two of them, I, uh, they, they worked with me when I was working for the family company. I worked uh, with them for three or four years and I don't even think I hired them. They just told me they were coming. I was like, right on. I mean, that was, that was a score. Uh, and then a couple other ones, I just, you know, kind of word of mouth kind of deal. And then, um, the guy that's running my buncher now, he, I've known him for years and we just got to talking and, you know, I think he was one of those guys that seemed that, you know, we were younger company up and coming and he wanted to be a part of it. And man, he's been a huge part of this company. And just like the other two guys, I mean, I, they were with me from day one and out, I mean, I, I, you know, my hat's off to them. I, I could never, never think any of those guys enough. I mean, they're absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, they're, they've been behind me hundred percent since day one. So I've got really fortunate. Yeah. That's pretty lucky, man. Absolutely. So with your buncher operator, is he like been running buncher a while and then decided, you know, that he come work with you or. He's been doing everything. Um, he, he's, I mean, don't matter what he's doing. He's good at it. He's just like, you know, my processor guy, he's the same way. He, he tell him to go skid for the day and he's skidding and he'll move as much slugs as the guy before he tell him to go load. He is going to complain all day long about the trucks because he hates truck drivers. And <laughs> that is probably his best quality to me. <laughs> But he's the type, don't matter what he's doing, he's he's good at it. I mean, you could tell he was helping me build fence in my backyard last breakup to stay busy, and he's good at it. I mean, he's just one of them guys, and then, you know, big casino. Oh, yeah. That guy, he is a, a log load machine, uh-huh. but he is my morale booster. Yeah, copy. You just, you ain't going to have a bad day around him. <laughs> That's why I told you when you're up doing them photos, I told you I'd give you a hundred bucks if you could get him, get a picture of his freak out. Yeah. I he'll sit did. in the cab. Oh, he'll, he'll get just pissed, kicking the window, screaming. I mean, you can hear him a mile away and the truck driver will say, yeah, it's a load. And then you'll hear him on the radio. Okay. Right on. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, just an emotional roller coaster. And he is just, he's the man. I mean, if you're having a bad day, you just go talk to big casino and your day is just instantly better. So he come with you, come to work for you with the experience too, then he had no, well, I shouldn't say he had very minimal loading experience. Um, he ran S coin and he was damn good at that. He tried running a loader before and I'm sure he's going to listen to this, but <laughs> he was, uh, wasn't, he wasn't the loader man. Oh, copy. And then, when he came to work for me, his first load, I want to say, well, he had to be a good hour and a half maybe. And it was, it was rough. And then he took like two weeks off and nobody really still to this day knows what happened. We're pretty sure he went home and read a how to manual that I didn't know existed. And he came back and it was like he's doing it for 20 years. I mean, now he's, you know, if he throws a load on that's 15 minutes, it's because he had to move twice. I mean, yeah, he's pretty he's, slick these days. He is. And like I said, I mean, he just, I'd like to know what a how-to manual is. I guess that will ever forever be the the mystery of Big Casino. Exactly. Well, God, we, that's another rabbit hole we don't need to go down. <laughs> the Big Casino is the mystery. That's wild. So what did you teach him, man? Like, how did that work? Nobody knows. No, I, I'm, I've always been the type to, you know, I, the way I was always taught is I got thrown a set of keys and figure it out. And I do, I do the same thing. I mean, you can, you can throw a guy in the cab with you, let him watch you for two full days, three weeks. Doesn't matter. He's going to hop in there and forget everything he's seen. Um, 
you can sit there and tell them for weeks on end what to do. doesn't matter. I mean, you got to let guys, you know, you obviously tell them the big things to watch out for, but you've got to let guys make mistakes so they can see it. I mean, you can tell them until you're blue in the face, but until they make that mistake and they see what they're doing, that's the only way that I believe that they're really going to learn. I mean, if you overload their brain with things not to do and things to do, I mean, it's all at the window. So with him, he just hopped in there and then, you know, he ran it for a couple of weeks, watched me load a few loads, learned a little bit here, watched the, watched Marky load a few loads, learned a little bit here. And like I said, it's like it, everything, he went home, everything clicked and came back and he was a superstar. That's awesome. <clears throat> so no, then, having said that, um, you know, you know, that's how it's going to be. Like, that's what it takes for people to learn. How, how hard is that for an owner to be like, all right, you know, it's fine. You know, it's a little mistake. He's going to learn from it. <clears throat> and it's going to be, you know, money in the bank in the future for our outfit. If he learns this lesson now, the easier, you know, and we can just move forward. How is that kind of like grit your teeth every now and then? Or how is that, you know, as an owner watching that happen? It's one of the most frustrating things in the world. And I have two children under the age of six. <laughs> it's extremely frustrating, but I mean, within the first couple of weeks, you know, if a guy's going to make it or not make it, it's that simple. I mean, you, you can tell by their mood, you know, if they're listening, if they make, you know, if they do one thing wrong this day and you're like, Hey, I seen you did this. Well, you know, maybe try this and then you see him trying it the next day, you can just tell with a guy, you know, if you're wasting your time or, you know, if he's costing you money. I mean, if you're, if you're training somebody, he's costing you money. That's plain and simple. Right. But that, you got to look at what he costs you for that, you know, few weeks, months, whatever, versus what he's going to make you over the years. Yeah, I so think, um, I just feel like some of that's lost with uh some people because like, that's the older generation <laughs> you know like you said it but uh <laughs> you know no what offense, i mean dude like I, we're both yeah. very grateful for the guys that come before us and you know none of this right. would be here without them but at the same time like people respond differently nowadays to like different input and stuff like you can't just go rip a guy's ass for 20 minutes because they did you know some little mistake anymore because they're not going to come back to work the next day Right, and there's not a list of 200 people, you know, at the job service waiting to get hired. Those, them days are over. Yeah, and I don't, I haven't figured out why. I don't know if it's just uh, because, like, nobody wants to work out in the woods anymore or what. But It's, well, why go to work in the woods and sit at home and play your Nintendo and make damn near the same money? Yeah. I just don't, I, mean, it, I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but I'd rather go work out in the woods and play Nintendo all day. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I'm going, we've had, we took last week off and this week because, you know, it's over here it's our muddy season and, oh, every year, same thing. First couple of days, I'm like, ah, I'm going to kick back, I'm going to do jack shit, nothing, sit around me, watch some YouTube. And then about that fourth day hits and you're like, all right, well, this has been fun. I, uh, I gotta go. And I mean, for God's sake, I cleaned my pickup out today. I don't clean my pickup. That thing is, I mean, it's a fucking garbage truck on wheels. <laughs> Dude, that's how it was when I had COVID. I don't know, like a month ago now, right? It's the week before the log show actually. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, you got to quarantine at your house for five days. I'm like, okay, I'll get caught up on all this work and like all this other stuff. And then it's just like, I have got to get out of this house before I go right. nuts. Exactly. I mean, I didn't really yeah, have the energy to do anything, but I was like, dude, I got to get out of here. So I was like, we'll go stand out in front of the house or something. Like just get some fresh air. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I'm so it's COVID. Is COVID still a thing or is it getting taken over by gas prices? Uh, I think it got taken over by gas prices. Right on. That's good to hear. Even out here, like, it's not even really a thing anymore. I mean, hell, we'll go broke, but we ain't going to die, apparently. Yeah. 
Well, dude, last summer when we were over there in Idaho with you guys, my wife uh, on our way home, she's like, you would have thought there's even COVID over here. And I'm like, I don't know. We should move there. No, it's uh, like, I mean, you even during like, like peak Holocaust season, I mean, you walk into a grocery store and see somebody with a mask on, you're like, oh, where are you from? <laughs> I mean, you just, over here, I mean, we, nobody's died. I mean, yeah, there's been a couple deaths, but I don't think the COVID killed them when they crashed their car, but you know, whatever, I, not my place to say, I guess. So needless to say, you guys worked clean through everything then. Didn't have to shut yeah, this down COVID's been the it's been the best damn thing for the lumber market that's ever happened. Oh yeah. People are staying home and I mean, I, you know, I'm really good at cutting trees and thumbing the mill. I'm good at that. I'm not good once it becomes bored. So, you know, I've built a couple decks and a couple sheds, whatever. I'm a, you know, if it takes a carpenter 200 boards to build it, I'm around 250 because of all that. Oh shit. That's too short. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of people are sitting at home doing their own shit. Man, that's been awesome. Lumber prices are up. People want to log. Hell, bring on, bring bring COVID back on. Right. It's been good. I was just, uh, um, <clears throat> God, dude. There's, I got, I don't know what's going on, but I've never cleared my throat this many times before in my life. Um, so excuse that, everyone that's listening. My bad. Um, it's probably the damn three quarters can of Copenhagen you got in there. Oh, I wouldn't blame it on that. That makes childbirth a pleasure, bud. Amen, sister. <laughs> but so you guys run a lot of skitter logging, and now that you've got that 855 with that filling head, I've seen you've been doing some shovel logging. Is that pretty common over there, or are you guys kind of like bucking the system a little bit? Well, where I'm at now in Gary, it is. Um, where I come from, no, God, no. That's the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life. When we first went over to log through potlatch, everybody kept asking us, well, why aren't you shoveling? Why aren't you shoveling? I'm like, Cause why the fuck would I shovel? I can bring in way more with my skitter. Man, now we're shoveling. I, uh, I mean, I, I had to eat those words pretty hard. Um, you know, now we got that A55, and I bought a new 4040 in, like, January. And, man, it's a, it's a pretty nasty system. I, uh, I didn't believe in it until we got a little better at it. And man, it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, I've always wanted to do it cause you know, I just, like I said, I'd, I'd like, if there's a new way to log, if there's a different way to log, I want to try it. want to know is, you know, is it working? Is it stupid? I don't know, but you know, now that we actually know it's a pretty awesome way to log. Well, it looks like you guys are in a little bit taller timber down there in Deary too. Yeah. That, that, part also helps because I, I mean I don't you know. know we're not in like you know the big flop your buncher over like patrick kind of timber but you know a little different i need to get him on here one of these days oh that's gonna be a eight hour podcast of oh i just love you john Deere. love you <laughs> he's a big married man now you ain't got time for that yeah he is married now i think they got married <sighs> on a snowmobile as they should yeah, true. But anyways, yeah. so <clears throat> kind of in a little bit different timber. Do you think that shovel logging would have worked back up north still? Or Yeah, it would have. Um, it's just we have such tighter cuts up here. Like, I mean, everything's pretty much a 25-foot spacing. Oh, wow. If you're, I mean, it's basically enough, you know, we got a lot of federal ground up where we're at. And the forest circus is... I mean, it's, uh, yeah, that's a different rabbit hole, but yeah, I mean, you got to have hundred foot trail spacings, you know, and it's basically your trails are just wide enough to get a skitter down. I mean, shovel logging around here, just it, it ain't going to happen because I mean, you literally can't, um, you know, that's why like where I'm originally from, there's no tethers. There's none of that. It, it's never going to happen because I mean, even their line ground is cut so heavy or left so heavy i mean you ain't gonna tether it they don't want the machine on there anyway but on the other hand it's you know almost impossible to find choker setters it's impossible to find hand fallers so 
I guess we'll just keep letting everything burn. That was going to be one of my next questions for you is like, is there even many hand fallers out that way? Uh, yeah, but I mean, they're getting up there in age. I mean, I'd say their, their average age is probably around 50. I mean, oh, they're wow. some of the, I mean, there's some awesome hand fallers around here, but you know, they're getting older and unfortunately they can't do it forever and nobody wants to do it. I mean, it's got to, some of the best money there is in logging and you know, it's nobody, I mean, it's a damn hard day's work. So I don't know if people are scared of that or what it is, but I, yeah, I mean, it, it's just definitely getting to be an, an older, older thing. Huh. That's wild. I just chased around a couple of timber cutters on Saturday and it was only like a half day. I still kicked my ass while we're on the coast. Oh, absolutely. I try to park, you know, close to my machine in the morning as I can, so I don't have to walk too far. I get it. <laughs> right. So what is your absolutely least favorite task on your day-to-day task list to do? That is the easiest question you'll ask me. And that would be the end of the day. Because that's <clears throat> that's when the next job starts of, sitting on the phone and texting this guy and trying to find trucks. And, you know, a lot of times you don't have service during the day. So you got, you know, 487 missed calls. And I mean, it's by far the worst part because you try to call everybody back, but I mean, you get in the service at six o'clock. I I mean, it's, that's the worst part by far. I mean, it's, it's nice though. Cause like my crew, man, we can go all week without talking and every one of those guys will get the job done exactly like it needs to be done. So it ain't the crew. It's, you know, the trucks and, you know, if you gotta get back to a forester, I mean, it's, and then, you know, you probably ought to call your wife back and, you know, stuff like that. So I saw on the internet that, you were trapped inside your pickup in the snow. And I thought, well, that's weird. Cause like Idaho guys should be pretty used to snow. How was that this mm-hmm. year? I was doing what in my pickup? You were just stuck in there. You couldn't even open your door. Oh yeah. That was me and Hugh, my buncher guy. We were going, I think, I think we were going up on a Saturday and there's a guy stuck in the ditch and I was like, yeah, we can get him out. This guy, I mean, he said he'd been there like all night. Oh, I was geez. like, yeah, we'll give her a shot. Yeah, I stuck this right into the ditch with him. Um, <laughs> luckily, we were like two miles from the job, so he was able to snag a ride with the next guy that come along and went and got the skitter and yanked us out. But yeah, that's a that's just good times. <laughs> <laughs> so how I used to absolutely love the snow right up until the day I got in a buncher. And if I never seen it again, I'm fine with that. That's what I was going to ask you is like, what kind of, uh, cause we usually don't get a whole lot of snow for a long time out here. Like it'll snow and then freeze for a week or two and then everything will melt off. But right. What kind of challenges does that add to like bunch of cutting? Like you're saying, um, it just basically take the entire logging side and just double it in toughness. That's, and that's being, very nice about it. Um, it's you, you fight everything. I mean, literally everything, you know, stuff a skitter should be able to back up. It can't you're sliding down something in a shovel. The, every time you cut a tree in a buncher, if you don't take off sliding backwards, you still can't see for the next 30 seconds. Cause it's nothing but a white out. Um, I mean, it's, you know, you show up in the morning and you go to load and all your decks are covered in two feet of snow and, but the only thing I believe that doesn't fight is the processor guy because the limbs are popping off so easy. But other than that, it is an absolute pain in the ass. I mean, it, your snow, your snowplow guys out there, you know, 1130 at night, plowing snow all night. It's just, ugh. I mean, your trucks are not very happy because they're having to throw, you know, two sets of steer chain, a drag chain, you know, everything's chained up with the steering wheel and, you're barely making it in and it's just, it's horrible in every sense and you're cold. 
Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I don't really like snow. And I think it's because I used to work for my dad, like, in spring mm-hmm. breaks and stuff and Christmas breaks. And the one year, I remember we were piling brush, dude, in the snow. I mean, there was only a few inches of snow, but we're hand-piling brush. And I was like, this has got to be the most miserable thing I have ever done in my life. Yeah. And then since then, I'm like, everyone's, hey, you want to go for a snow run? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to sit on the couch tonight. Yeah, no, I I was in a snowmobiling for quite a while and just got to the point, you know, I'm working at that point six days a week, fighting snow, waking up early every single freaking day of my life. And, you know, you hear buddies and, yeah, fuck, we're leaving at 4.30. We're going to go up to the top of this mountain. We're going to ride No, I ain't fighting snow. I'm, I'm going to sit on my ass. I ain't doing a damn thing. I'm going to sit inside all day long. <laughs> Yeah, it sure looks pretty out the window. That's the only plus to snow. So if you've got a job going and you know you're going to be up there in the snow, do you have to bid that accordingly? Like you bid that job differently than you would a summer job? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, you're going to lose production just because of the elements. I mean, you know, this come, you know, early winter, you're going to lose days of work because, you know, yeah, it dumped a six inches of snow on Monday, but Wednesday it's back to 45 degrees and it's nothing but mud. I mean, you're going to lose days there. Um, where we're, where it's really awesome with potlatches, they take care of like the, like the main lines. They're all plowed for us, which is, I mean, that, that saves up. I mean, that just takes my aneurysm back to a headache. So I mean, that, that really helps, but yeah, I mean, the drive to work, I mean, you know, if it's an hour drive, you know, on, in the mornings on the way to work, it's still an hour drive because there's no one else there. And, you know, we're pretty used to driving in the shit, so it doesn't really change much. But, you know, then you get, you know, on the way home, it might have rained, you know, for four, 14 minutes. So, you know, better do 15 under the speed limit. And, you know, then you'll have a swift truck trying to pass a JB hunt truck at, governed out at 55 and so now your hour drive just turned into an hour 45 i mean there's anything you can think of in your day you're gonna fight it over snow yeah i hate that stuff i do yeah. as crazy as it sounds i do want to get some hand falling pictures and videos in the snow but that's gonna have yeah. to be a really it's gonna have to be the right job for it dude because like I got a lot of PSI on my feet, and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> I sink really easily in snow. I think it's because of the gravity that I bring to the situation. But um, yeah, well, maybe last, you're like me. Maybe maybe you're allergic to it. I might be allergic to it. Uh, uh, I'm that in physical labor. It makes me sick. <laughs> the last snow job I was on with my camera, dude, I was plowing. I got you know they plowed the road. The the guy was up there blading the road with the grader while we were up there. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to sneak off over here into the timber and get some shots. It's going to be a pretty cool idea, you know, with some trees. And then there was like shooting lanes so I could shoot the shovel and stuff through the trees. I right. got like eight feet off the road, dude. And I was plowing snow with my belly button. And I was like, oh, yeah. no, I'm going to get soaked up here. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they do make for some, cool pictures and get out the window. And I, I'd say the only other plus to snow is big casino is one of the best piss cursors there is. <laughs> and that guy can write his name. I'll send you a picture. I mean, it's better than I could write it with a pencil. But other than that, yeah, it's, uh, it ain't no good for nothing. That dude's good at everything. He, he's one of them guys that, I, I mean, he, couldn't, I mean, hard time tying his own shoes, but he could probably build a rocket ship. I'll have to get him on the podcast one of these days. It would be your biggest hit, and he'd probably <laughs> go viral. Oh, man. If so, you do, though, just bring up the aliens. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's scared to death. Like, <laughs> he don't even want to load early because he's scared to death to be out there because he's a firm believer. They're going to come manal probe him or something. I don't, I don't know. He, just, he is scared to death of them aliens. 
So you guys have trouble getting trucks like everyone else out here? That's my biggest issue. Is it really? Absolutely. It's, there's, I, I mean, fewer and fewer of them. And now, I don't know how it is over there, but in Idaho, they just passed a law. You know, you can't go down to the DMV, read a bus, take a test, and drive a truck. Now it's, I think it's eight weeks of schooling and five grand. So that's, that's going to be a cherry on the top for not finding young drivers anymore. Well, it's tough too, man. Cause like a lot of these guys could go and get off-road experience in a dump truck, at least out here. Right. Um, and then, you know, go take their CDL test. And I'm pretty sure they passed that out here too, where you got to go to the truck driving school now. Yeah. Which, you know, a lot for some guys, I firmly believe that's probably a good thing, but for a lot of guys with common sense, you know, I, I think that's that's really going to be a setback. I mean, nobody wants to go go and sit in the class for you know eight hours a day with some guys with diapers on their heads learning how to drive a Swift truck. I mean, that, well, I feel like I, it I, just is going to pare down. You know, already kind of a slim pool to choose from of people who. Right, would be willing to drive a log truck all day, and now they're like, "Well, I don't really want to, you know, front six grand out of my pocket just to go try it out and see," you know. Exactly, I mean, employers aren't going to want to, you know, kick that. You know, around here, a lot of guys would pay, you know, for you go get your CDL, like you know, some of the fleet guys. I mean, you're not into it anything, but when you're kicking five grand out, six grand, I mean, whatever. I mean, you're you're already, you know you're already a month's wages into this guy and he hasn't hauled a single load for you and he's not going to for two months. Well, and then that's the thing. Like <clears throat> you do all that, you put all that money into it. And then he realizes that he'd rather drive over the road or something like you're just out. Exactly. I mean, the guys that, you know, you're able to go start with, you know, the, the more, you know, the company, the fleet trucks, that's great. But if they're just going to be a stepping stone for the guy, I mean, you're not going to pour any money into them. Yeah, it's tough, man. I, I've been thinking about this stuff a lot, and it's, it's very complicated. Uh, it's a very complicated issue trying to figure out what it's going to take to get people interested in working out in the woods again. Right. And I, I think that you know, maybe this podcast and the pictures that I take and stuff, like I hope that it will make a difference, you know, like that's the coolest part about this is like the thought that, you know, I can get someone excited to go to work out in the woods and find that career that they love and stuff like that. But it just seems like it's an uphill battle. Right. And I, I just, I think it's awesome what you're doing. I mean, I wish more people did it. You know I mean? People need to know it's not, you know, we're not a bunch of hicks out there, you know, drinking beer all day in our flannel shirt, you know, telling people how bad women are and telling horrible jokes all day. There's, I mean, some of the smartest people I've met in my life have been loggers. Some of the nicest people, the kindest, hardest, hearted people I've ever met have been from the woods. I mean, that, that goes from, you know, foresters to landowners to loggers. I mean, it, there's, you know, there's such a big you know, plethora of people that people just need to understand that we're not all bad people. I mean, we're not, you know, loggers from, you know, back when, you know, we're not going to work for our fucking ox to go pull logs or crops cuts on anymore. There's not, you know, yeah, it's a very dangerous job, but you know, we're all trained. I mean, we have lots of training goes in every year, how to be safe, how to keep our guys safe. You know I mean? It isn't what it used to be. I mean, it's it's an awesome career choice. I I believe you know there's there's no better office than what you can have in the woods. Oh, I definitely agree with you. So that brings up another point too. Is like, what do you guys do at Gym Forestry to like get guys trained up on you know the hazards of going to work out in the woods every day? Is there you know do you guys have like tailgate safety meetings once a week or how's that work? So we have a tailgate meeting once a week and then the start of every job, once everybody's there, you know, we go over our Latin lawn to the helicopter to land. Um, you know, we got our safety books. Um, 
Potlatch makes sure we're all trained. They have a little safety program that I have to make sure each guy's trained for before they start, and they have to sign in. Um, a few of us are LEAP certified, and then, like, you know, the, the, the shit, I think Friday we have, um, it's like logging, first aid, safety, and fire training. So, I mean, there, there's, I mean, you have hours and hours and hours into this safety stuff. I mean, it's not, you know, a lot of guys talk about it, but it actually is happening. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much that goes into the safety, not only from like the boss's standpoint, but from the mill standpoint. I mean, it, it's, it, it's all the way from the top, all the way to the bottom. I mean, safety is, you know, everyone's number one concern. I mean, we, we, we know what we're doing out there. It, we know the risks, but if you're smart about it, listen and, you know, use your eyes and your ears, you're going to be okay. Right. And you guys have a pretty good safety record too, don't you? Uh, yeah, we have a phenomenal safety record. That's kind of why I want to touch on that too, is because that doesn't really, you don't get a great safety record by accident. And I really hate using that term because it sounds like it's a pun, <laughs> but it's really not. No, it's, like, it's a very intentional you know, having a safety record like that, it's, it shows that, you know, there is like, you're doing your toolbox, your, your tailgate meetings and you're doing your walk arounds with the guys, you know? And right. uh, I think that's important for people to know too, because it is a dangerous industry, but there's a lot of outfits like yours that take it seriously and they take right. safety seriously too. And, and I hate, I don't know. I hate standing here harping about safety because I'm not a safety guy. I've only ever really gotten along with one safety guy in my career. And he just <laughs> retired. So it's like, but it is a big deal because a lot of people have gotten hurt in this industry. And it's, right. I think with the mechanization that we have going nowadays, a lot of that is going away, you know, getting people off the ground. But at the same time, you're going to be out in the brush working, you know, working on stuff or picking something up and you got to know how to do it the right way without getting hurt. That's, that's exactly it. You know, a lot of guys, you know, they just get in a hurry, just slow down, you know, turn your head around, look, think, you know, look, if I do it this way, you know, is it going to take me two extra minutes versus if I do it this way, you know, it's a little more risky. I mean, like I said, just just sit back, look at it for a minute, you know, hop out of the machine, take a walk. I mean, take put some ribbon in your pocket, go ribbon a trailing. I mean, just you know, get your head right and you know, think about it. Don't don't just, you know, dive in head first. That's that's where I see a lot of issues come from is just not thinking. Just like I said, just get out, take a walk. Yeah, right. <clears throat> that or speak this guy's getting complacent. Yep. Exactly. That's, that's one of the big ones. And the bad thing about that is there's not really much you can do. I mean, if somebody's, you know, doing something, you know, where, especially a machine where, you know, it's a little bit steeper, a little bit steeper, a little bit steeper, you know, I don't know their comfort level. I mean, I can watch somebody and, you know, look and, okay, well, he's still being productive. He's still safe. He's still, you know, you know, I'll ask him, you know, at the end of the day, you know, and I've told, all oh my guys, you know, if you're not comfortable doing it, don't do it. I mean, there's, to me, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, well, actually none of my guys, we're not going to sit there and tell you what a pussy you are because you're not doing it. It's a lot cheaper for me and a lot better for them. Just don't do it. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get her dicked one way or another. Nobody's hurt. My equipment's not rolled down the hill. Just, you know, just sit back and, you know, do it, do it in your comfort level. Right. So a lot of guys out here, they say, if you run a buncher and you haven't rolled one yet, then you're going to, is that pretty common out your way too? getting them over on the oh, side? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen the pictures there a few months ago when ours was upside down. Yep. Man, that couldn't have went any better though. <laughs> he, he just, just laid a drag on the bottom side of the trail and, that, you know, the bottom of the trail gave way and just, you know, flopped over and oopsie daisy 
operator was fine. That's number one concern. So we walked her back over, let her sit overnight and off to cut. And we went, that's awesome. But yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it's not if it's when, I mean, if you're, you know, in a bunch of, you know, a lot of guys, you know, if they're cutting, well, I'm kind of uncomfortable. Well, welcome to bunch. I mean, that's every single day of your life. You're going to be in a situation where you're not comfortable during that day, but it's how you handle it. But he, like I said, ours was, <laughs> ours was just, we got lucky. Yeah. So what goes into flipping one of them things back over? You guys probably had skitters on the job. So in the scenario we had, we just went up to the top of the ridge, took the block to my 55 and put the 4040 on the other side and hooked the chain to the boom to not really help it come back over, but more of when it was come back over, you know, we can kind of let it down slower. Gotcha. Um, you know, every one of them is different. And, you know, like me and the operator, we were on the same page. I mean, we've seen it a thousand times. Usually there's some arguing going on about, you know, is this going to work? Why don't we do it this way, this way? There is literally only, well, 90% of the time when you flop one, there's one way to do it. And you just, yeah, you got to get leverage over the top and hook it to a block somewhere and pull. Right. I feel like there's a lot of this stuff that if you get your brute force in the right spot, you're going to win. Exactly. And that's the thing. You don't fight it. I mean, you're at that point, you're fighting a losing battle. The the machine's already tired. It's, it's, it's laid down for a nap. So, you know, I'm sure you've woke your wife up. You don't just run in there and no, you wake the beast easily. Yeah. That's, um, Around my house, dude, you got to be careful with that. I just don't wake them up. <laughs> I'll just write a note or I'll call you later. Yeah, right. Uh, that seems you don't, wait, you don't wake the beast. That's a safe way to do it. But on the other hand, I couldn't, I don't, for the little amount my wife sleeps, I don't know how she does it. I mean, I'm gone in the camper. I mean, sometimes I'll be down there for a month straight and and she's a first grade teacher here in Bonners. So she's got that on her plate, you know. She does all my bills and well yeah, mostly all of it. My mom does my you know, my charts and my books, payroll, all that. But I, I don't know you know, she's taking care of both of our kids, doing the bills, doing the school stuff, somehow God willing putting up with me. I mean, she's got a full plate, so I ain't waking her. She's asleep. <laughs> if she's sleeping, she needs it. hundred percent. That's kind of how I feel with my wife too. Cause I told her the other day, she, you know, she is kind of tired and run down. And I'm like, Hey, you know, Sunday we'll just stick around the house and kind of be one of those days where I mostly am chasing the three-year-old. <laughs> and right. She gets a nap, you know, it's like, I told her the other day though, I was like, man, without, without you, I couldn't be doing what I'm trying to do to get this business going or any of that. So like you got to give credit where credit's due and it's definitely due there. Exactly. I just, I don't probably tell my wife enough because I don't want her to think that I have feelings or something. Yeah. You don't want to get her, you know, you don't want her to get a big no. head. Well, that and just want her to think I'm the toughest man around. Like goddamn Paul Bunyan. <laughs> Yeah, that too. No, they're, uh, you know, even like, you know, the guys working for me, I mean, their wives, I mean, God, we're, I spend more time with their husbands than they do. I mean, they're putting up a, you know, a big sacrifice, you know, probably, you know, don't see their kids as much as they like, you know, I, I mean, there's shit, there's a lot of weekends I've worked through that, you know, I'm missing, you know, I've missed a birthday here, you know, I've, Missed the school play here. I mean, shit, this year I worked through Thanksgiving. I mean, it's just, you know, there's a lot of sacrifices that go into it. And, you know, if you don't have an understanding family, I mean, that that just takes, you know, more. I mean, that just puts more stress on your plate than, you know, you need. And now without them, it makes it be pretty tough on a guy. Yeah, dude, I can't imagine. 
It would be rough. It, yeah, I mean, it, it, it should all hopefully pay out. I mean, I refuse to fail, and, you know, my goal is to leave something for my kids that, you know, they can continue on, and, you know, I hope they succeed just as much as everybody else, and, you know, just trying to leave something for the next generation. Right. So my second-to-last question for you then is um, – where do you see your company at, you know, five, 10 years down the road, you want to grow or, you know, kind of stay, well, stay the same size or what are you thinking? I don't know. At this point, you know, with the price of used pickups, I'm thinking that I'm just going to sell my pickups and retire. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, good God, I think I have more money in used pickups than I do equipment. But if that doesn't work out, I, I, I mean, I don't, necessarily want to get you know huge i just i think to me you know i can't have that one-on-one with my guys that i have now i mean it's i I don't want to get to that point i like where i'm at you know i'd like you know grow just a small amount but you know I, i like having these relationships with the guys i like you know i know their birthdays i mean shit on their anniversary you know, I usually give them, you know, a hundred dollar bill and take your wife to dinner, you know, leave early, do what you, I mean, I don't think, you know, a bigger company, you get those kind of things because, and it's, you know, not the boss man's fault. I mean, you got, you got a lot going on. I, I understand that, but I just don't, I don't want that. I want, you know, the tight knit, you know, the guys working for me and their, their family to me, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're worth gold and, I'm able to give them silver. So I'm just happy that they're, you know, able to stay with me and continue with me. That's pretty cool, man. I, I think that's, um, a lot of guys I think get caught up in, you know, trying to get huge. And it's like a lot of that small business feel gets lost once you get too big. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, where, where I come from, I mean, it is, you know, it's all mom and pop stuff and, I like that. That's, that's where, where I like to be. I mean, I basically just want to have, you know, like a side and a half, like a, I mean, I'm talking like a super crew, just move a mountain of wood every day. Everybody goes home safe and with a smile on their face and, you know, we have a good time. Yeah. I think that'd be the way to do it. And plus then the Christmas parties, they cost way much. <laughs> yeah. We have good Christmas parties. That's funny. And my last question for you, Justin, uh, you do a lot of driving. What's your favorite snack to have on the road? Oh, that have to be, oh, shit. <laughs> that definitely have to be a can of skull. Oh, yeah? What flavor? At this point, usually mint, because it's about the only thing that I'm, Oh, I don't have faith for so I'm gay. Uh, I'm a I'm a swallower. So okay. <laughs> I'm a I'm a good time. Yeah, ten four. Well, hey man, like, I like, good, good can of snooze and a one of them new Joe Rogan energy drinks. I'm on my way. Are those pretty good? They're awesome. I'm gonna have to try. Um, I haven't tried the pot ones or whatever because oh. I'm you know half retarded without drugs, so I don't really need them. <laughs> stay going, but the other ones seem to be. I mean, you know, they don't, they don't make you want to, you know, call yourself Kyle Fisher, punch a hole through the wall and drink a monster, but <laughs> that's always good. Yeah. They're a little more, I don't know, calm and easy for my old age. Well, while we're off track, have you uh, ever tried the Pepsi nitros? I have not. Did their trash. I don't know if you know this, Jason, but I'm fairly high strung as well, so I try to stay away from anything that says nitro on it. Well, dude, that's what I don't understand, because it's just Pepsi, but with there, there's no fizz. Well, if I wanted to try nitro, I'd come back to Oregon there, and i seen they were giving out free vaccines under the bridge, so it uh, seems like that'd be some good nitro. Well, it's legal here, I guess. Um, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, copy. If I take three Advil a week, I'm like, eh, I better slow down. <laughs> I don't want to become an addict. That happens, dude. So hell, at this point, take anything I can get. Copy. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on tonight. 
Um, Absolutely. I have a perfect picture for yeah, the, yeah. yeah, I got a perfect picture for the out or the uh, episode art for this one. Right on. So yeah, we'll have to get the big casino on here at some point. Yeah, dude, give him my number and tell him and text me. I will. He'll uh, <laughs> he'll be a, he'll be a good one. Okay. Thanks, Justin. Bye. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, you bet you. Thank you, Jason. We'll see you. All right. Yep. Yeah, bye. <laughs>